Welcome to this week's edition of the Better Rivals Podcast. My name is Oscar Aparicio, and this week, the 49ers are in a tailspin, and I'm not talking about Saturday morning cartoons. They lost to a depleted Cardinals team, and it seems like the wheels are officially falling off. And with me this week, explaining why he named his daughter Josh Allen, it's David Newman. How dare you? <laughs> but come on. Josh Allen would then be able to intercept Josh Allen while tackling Josh Allen while running down the stands. Yeah, you better be referring to the Josh, Josh Allen, Allen that got Josh Allen. I am fairly positive Not, that Josh Allen now has to, Josh Allen, the quarterback, now legally has to change his name to the other Josh Allen after being completely <laughs> demoralized by the, the real rightful Josh Allen, which is the defense of Josh Allen. I mean, can there be any doubt after that game? I think not. No, it's like straight up Killmonger. You know, we had the ceremony. He won. There's no dispute. Sorry about it. <laughs> yeah, at this point, can't. <laughs> yeah, not even Urban Meyer can, uh, you know, poke his way out of that one. Uh, it's it's all Josh Allen's. <laughs> right. Here we go. Hey, man. We gotta we gotta keep it light. We gotta keep it fun. It's a uh, it's it's not it's not a fun day in Ireland. I uh, shows on Monday today because Sunday night I in a fit of just rage was like, "Fuck this shit. This is terrible." Uh, I'm glad I'm gonna go see a comedy show. I went to go see Hassan Minaj. It was a ton of fun. Um, definitely would recommend if he's coming through your town to see him live. Um, but the game, let's see, David, you were watching the game over at my place. It was fourteen to zero. At that time, I thought to myself, this game is done. 14 points. I didn't think the Niners could come back. And they, and they couldn't. It got much worse before it even got like the remote semblance of better. 14 to nothing. And I knew that it was toast. Yeah, I think it was the because they had a pretty solid drive right after that, I believe. But it was the, uh, the IU fumble was on that ensuing drive after Arizona went up 14 nothing and it at that point yeah it was just like okay this this doesn't feel like something cuz it was like you know the offense finally you know was showing some life there and and getting moving down the field and um and then you have that as the the ender you know it's just it's tough it's tough to deal with and that's your your second turnover on the day and yeah it just didn't seem like it was uh was going to be their day it feels like, uh, is it is it Friday where the the dad is like, we ain't got two things in this house that match? Um, or it's not the dad. It's uh, it's maybe it's Ice Cube's character. You know, it's got peanut butter, no jelly, cereal, no milk. It's like the Niners have defense with no offense for a couple of weeks. And then they have a semblance of offense, but now they have no defense. It's like they can't play a singular complete game. And they couldn't overcome two turnovers. I mean, this is where, uh, and they also couldn't overcome Josh Norman, who at this point, I mean, getting that penalty, the 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 conceit I think of playing veterans over rookies is that maybe their play is you know maybe maybe the rookie is a little bit better than the vet, but the vet's not going to make you know boneheaded rookie mistakes. They're going to play assignment sound. They're going to do all the things that come with being a veteran. And Josh Norman, at this point, the only thing he is good at is punching footballs, and that does not happen often enough. I think for him to still have a job on this defense, but you know, the, the Niners are sticking with him. Josh Norman, still, still a guy that is playing cornerback for the, for the 49ers. Yeah. I mean the, the vet savvy stuff, apparently the vet savvy stuff gets you uh, a crucial penalty for bitching in another coach. It gets you uh Muhammad Sanu in this game, just threw a blatant shoulder on, you know, they're trying to create like a little pick play. 
over there. No veteran savvy to that. Just like launches a shoulder into the corner, makes it incredibly obvious uh, for the ref to throw that flag. He even even threw his hands up. Like, yeah. look, the guy interfered with me. And it's like, yeah. no, no. Um, <laughs> we saw you load up and put a shoulder into him. And if you're Drake or Patrick, it just gets you trucked. You know, like we're in fucking Madden here and just get rolled over. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's just, it's frustrating. And I think the the turnover situation has been tough, um, you know, this this entire season, obviously. And, and I think it, it's just like, yeah, when you look at, at some of the, uh, the, the the players that they now have in there, we talked about this a little bit last week. It's just like they can't overcome these type of mistakes, right? You, you turn the ball over twice with two fumbles um, from two of your best players uh, in, in the first half there. And it's just like, you don't have enough, you know, even when your offense is, is somewhat clicking and, and playing well, like they were for a good chunk of this game, they're not good enough to like come back from, you know, three scores down most of the time. Like it, it would take like the other team really imploding in order for that thing, that to work out. Right. And, and your defense certainly isn't good enough to help bring you back in that situation by creating turnovers. And so, yeah, I, I think like that, that's why it felt so early on, right? After those two fumbles, you get the the Ayuk one um, that was going to be their chance to like answer and bring it back to within one score and kind of keep things in a game script that they can manage. And, and as soon as that happens, it just felt like it was over. Yeah, and it, and it puts the ball in the hands of someone like Jimmy Garoppolo because you, you think to yourself, they had some success running the ball. They went back to that toss play. Um, the outside zone toss that was so successful the week before and they hit it the first time they ran it it was actually a pretty good gainer but once you get down two three scores I mean it was it felt like 31 points and, and they're in the third quarter that there, there's no reason to run the ball you got to keep throwing the ball they're in a really negative game script they could not rely on the one thing that is supposedly the thing that powers this offense which is the run game also one of the reasons why it's dangerous to rely your offense on a run game um but but yeah it just becomes really really difficult for them to overcome it you think to yourself okay what happened to this defense because they were a you know some people will point to some of the top 10 metrics that they had going into week five and, and we did too the first kind of month and some change of this of the season was like okay D'Amico Ryans is actually doing a pretty good job with these players. Um, and and they were not necessarily leaders in terms of yardage, which, you know, you don't want to look at those things anyway. But it, when it came to like EPA, EPA per play and, and scoring defense, generally they were pretty good. Um, but what happened in this game where Colt McCoy basically made them look like, well, they were playing replacement level players along their secondary. Yeah, they don't have any fucking players left. I, I mean, I think the story early, right, was... Uh, like even then still one of not like a 2019 situation, right? Where it's like this defense is, is dominating people. They're like on this great, you know, borderline historic run, uh, that they were on for like the first half and some change of that season. Right. It was, it was like, they are getting more out of these parts, right? The sum was bigger than the whole, uh, uh, some of the parts is bigger than the whole. And, and so it was just like, um, you know, some they, of the parts are whole. Yes. <laughs> it's really struggled there. Look, again, that's fine. Whatever. I don't care at this point. But it's like, yeah, I, I mean, they were they were definitely overperforming, right? Um, 
and and it just is was never likely to stick around and then we get the injuries and it was just um you know now they're playing with a secondary that's just an absolute disaster i mean the safety situation in this game was dire and and they just uh didn't have they don't have anybody back there that can cover people i i mean even uh cardinals you know receiving core that was missing uh you know arguably their top two receivers they're missing their quarterback right like it, the guys are still getting open and and they're still able to create matchups against those safeties and and get guys that are open obviously the cornerback spot has been problematic all season long and and so now it's just like you basically have a defensive line that has a, a couple players playing really well, right? You've got Bosa doing his thing. You've got Armstead doing his thing. And and they're back there, you know, or down there creating pressures when they can and, and creating big plays. And it's them and it's Fred Warner. And, and it's like, if they can't get there in time and Fred Warner can't do something to kind of disrupt things on the back end and they're going away from him, like there's nobody left to, to be able to make plays. And I think McCoy was able to, you know, not only take advantage of that and, and they were able to create some plays uh, down the field at times, but they also just got the ball out of his hand to, to kind of neutralize the pass rush. I mean, he had 28 attempts. It was all on the day. 11 of them were screens. Like it was get the ball into their playmakers hands. You know, the, the guys that they do have are still capable. Um, and, you know, it was successful. Yeah, Colt McCoy got the got the ball out in two point three uh, six seconds on his attempts. That's the fourth fastest on the week. He wasn't trying to sit back there and let Bosa and Armstead do their thing, and and that's the danger with trying to build your defensive line with pass or your your defense in general with pass rush in mind. Is like you can find ways to scheme around it unless the 49ers are in a positive game script, and this is what happened a lot in 2019. 2019, they had a much better defensive line, yes, but. They were ahead. Teams had to pass. And now you can just let your defensive line go. But when the team is up and they can run the ball or when they're going to exploit your tendency to blitz on third down and throw a screen, um, that's that's going to be problematic. And, and I think the other thing is that the when when you're operating on such a razor thin edge where you can't really make any mistakes, any mistake is magnified. Your your linebackers inability to tackle becomes magnified. Aziz Alshire is, I mean, it was what, like a third and 18? Third and 18, and they, picked, yep. and they picked up 21 yards, and it was just one missed tackle, and that was it. And and that's the difference. And I think they ended up scoring on that drive, and that's the difference between a drive where you get the ball back, and now you can start to chip away at that lead, or you now you know are further down the hole, further exacerbate the situation, and it's just because you can't tackle. And, and that's, you know, and that's problematic. It really is problematic. And so I think that that is, you know, the, the, I'd love to say that, that Arizona did something schematically to outwit D'Amico Ryans or, or to do something crazy. It's like, no, they just, they, they have fast players. They got the, they got the ball in their hands in some space. They took a deep shot where they needed to. Um, and I think overall, the one thing that was apparent was that, that, that offense just looks and plays faster than the 49ers defense. And, and it showed even on, on short, quick little, you know, screens or whatever it was, or, or, or I mean, Eno Benjamin had a hell of a head of steam running right through Drake Kirkpatrick. Um, but, you know, Shanahan says that he wants to build the team with speed. I feel like Arizona is actually the team that did it. Yeah, I, I, it was just I mean, I mean, getting down early really hurt them. Right. Because as, as the 49ers in this game, you want to I mean, in, in McCoy on that first drive, like 
showed some signs of being the Colt McCoy that we really, you know, hoped that we were going to get going into this game. And, and, you know, he has that one uh, deep throw there that uh, nearly gets intercepted because he gets hit uh, by Bosa. I think it was coming, coming out of the boot. Um, and, and then has like the kind of ugly looking throwaway that was like really reminiscent of the Tyrod Taylor play earlier in the day where he tries to like, uh, flip it out, throw it away late along the sideline there. And it just kind of lingers in bounds and, and ultimately gets intercepted. And so, yeah, it was it like looking early right on that first Cardinals drive. Like we might get some of those plays, but once you get in that hole, right, you're down two scores and you allow them to rely on the screen game. They can really run the, I mean, they ran the ball a shit ton in this game and, and just like, you know, you're able to protect McCoy. Uh, quite a bit and you don't put him in the situations that we want him in right the situations where we know you're going to throw and and you can kind of hopefully force him into some mistakes you know he's the one that you wanted to be dropping back 45 times in this game right like not Jimmy Garoppolo And, and the fact that they were able to to basically run the ball 10 more times than they threw it in this game was, uh, you know, just it was going to be tough for them to overcome because that was their hopefully biggest advantage going into the game, right? Was that they're they're playing the backup quarterback, like let's hope that he can kind of fuck up some and, and give us some extra opportunities, and they just never got in a situation where that could happen. It just seemed like there was no urgency from the 49ers all game. Like even when they went down by quite a bit. I mean, the the Cardinals definitely were playing like they had something to lose in this game. They pulled out a trick play. They were making sure that they were protecting their quarterback, but they were trying to like get everything in place to make sure they could win this game. You get to Shanahan's decisions and and you know, it's 31-13, you get a TD in the third quarter. You don't try for a two-point conversion to make it a two-score game. You punt on fourth and 13 from Arizona's 39 yard line while training 17 points. Like that's, that's not, that's not, I want to do everything I can do to win this game. That's not pulling out a bag of tricks. That's just like, I'm going to just call this game the way I call every game. And it's just like that. There's just, there's no spark there. It's almost like, I don't know. It, and, and it sucks. And I feel like you can see it with the players. It's not just because some of their players look like their feet move in cement. It just feels like they're listless. And it just, it doesn't align with what it seems like they want to do, right? Which is win now. Like they they very much are like not willing to give up on the season. They think that they have a good team and and they are making all these decisions in other places that that kind of point you that direction, right? That That's saying that like, hey, we're not ready to give up on this season right now. But then, yeah, you're playing and, and making some of the decisions that you mentioned there uh, late in this game down three scores and and you're acting like you're ahead. Like, and you're making these conservative decisions that's like, you're the better team, you have the lead, and, the, and we're, we can afford to, like, make these more conservative decisions. It's like, you're not. Like, and you're down three scores and time is running out. Like, you need to to start doing some shit. And, yeah, I think the the two-point conversion was was obviously problematic, but I think it was the the punt was just felt especially egregious. It's like, you know, the odds of you getting the ball like you you've scored what at that point you had uh 17 points and it's like you I, think, I, I, I i forget exactly what it was but right you're you're down three scores you haven't scored you, you scored somewhere in the teens at that point in the game and and you think that in the final 13 minutes of the game you're somehow going to get the ball back three times and get all three of those opportunities into scoring position and score more than you have up to that point in the game right it's just it's insane yeah i, I think it just um, the, the in-game decision-making 
has been problematic. And this was just like a completely inexcusable example of that. Is it time to turn the page on this season for the 49ers? We're going to talk about that in just a second. But before we do that, we're going to tell you that this week's pod is brought to you by TickPick. 49ers football is finally back, allegedly. And there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find 49ers tickets anymore. Because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all of those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. You can go ahead and buy a ticket for a 49ers road game because you shouldn't buy any at Levi's because at this point, Levi's is cursed. It really may be a ploy to make Kirk Cousins the winningest quarterback at Levi's when he comes to Levi's in week 12 and ends up 1-0 because I don't know if the Niners are going to win another game at Levi's. It's, it's so bad. It's so bad. But if you want to subject yourself to that away game win or home game pain, you can go to TickPick.com slash Rivals today and save $10 on your first order of 49ers tickets. That's TickPick.com slash Rivals. So is the time to turn the page on 2021? I mean, the Niners have an 18% chance of making the playoffs. If they would have won this game, they actually would have been in the seventh seed for the playoffs, which is just all the proof you need that seven teams in the playoffs is too many. Too too many. And and th- this team, I mean, look, even if they somehow salvage this season, even if they beat for some reason, if they beat the Rams because, you know, divisional games are crazy and then they beat the Jaguars and maybe the Vikings and then like, I mean, they there's there are a couple of games here, but like, do you think they're really going to get do you really think they're going to make any noise in the playoffs? So they're just going to get a wild card playoff game to be there and then get beat. And then it's going to be like, cool, you just have one more game. Like, um, I mean, they're, they're not getting into, I've been looking at the, the back cover of the 2021 season since fucking Indianapolis. Like it, it's just like, that was the moment that I think that it was, it was very clear that it's just like, they, they don't have it this year. Like things were, were starting to fall apart. Yeah. The offense was, was looking terrible. You lose four straight games um and yeah i think things were at that point always going to be um pretty dire for the rest of the season and and it was going to be unlikely they were going to ever do anything and it's like yes you're mathematically still in it and and you uh you know want to continue fighting for that you know we know that they that's the the mentality that they're going to have but yeah I, i think right now it's it's clear that like they're not going to be able to i mean you you can't even beat uh, a playoff team that's missing their starting quarterback at home. You haven't won yep. a game at home all year. Like, uh, yeah, it's it just, I don't see how anyone can, and there's nothing really with the underlying performance of this team that makes you think that they're like about to turn it around. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and just like about well, to, I think to flip that switch. I think that's just it. Is it the, there are underlying signs of okay, this team is ready to pop. There's some positive things here, especially on offense, that are going to be able to be sustained. And I don't know that those things are really true. the 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 team hasn't really appreciably made any significant changes in in a while. I, I mean, I think you've got Jimmy Garoppolo, who's still. I mean, throughout this game, especially. You you mentioned that he has a security blanket with George Kittle and he locks on his receivers. And oh boy, several times was he locked on to George Kittle. And luckily, 
it's George Kittle. So that ended up generally pretty positively. But it was it was definitely some instances where he locked on where he was going to go. It was predetermined. He did not see the full field. In one case, the, he always throws this to Sanu seemingly on third down when he shouldn't in general. And then there was one play where Sanu is running just wide the hell open. And Garoppolo just is not looking his way. He's completely locked on to Ayuk and does not see a wide open streaking Sanu. And, you know, nothing good happens of the play. Um, but Jimmy Garoppolo is not getting better. His underlying performance isn't necessarily good. Um, you look at the the offensive line, who I think overall has performed well, but Mike McGlinchey is now out for the year with a torn quad. That's not good for his, uh, well, his leg. I think about Weston Richburg and how ultimately it was, you know, kind of a ruptured uh, quad that ultimately ended his career. And there's a doctor on Twitter. Well, allegedly a doctor. I don't know. I can't verify his credentials. Plays one on Twitter, right? Um, but the uh, doctor, Narav Padnya, no idea if I'm pronouncing it right, but it's okay. Uh, there are two types of tears, one involving uh, the tendon at the knee, and the other is just a muscle tear. And the one involving the tendon at the knee, the quadriceps tendon, um, that's surgery. And it's really, really difficult to come that from that in general. And so like this, is, this could be like more than just a year thing for McGlinchey, which would be awful. And you still have a problem at right guard. Um, I'm going to start calling him Dan Turnstill instead of Dan Brunskill because he is, he's not good. I mean, you've got a player who has, I mean, you look at Lakin Tomlinson, that guy has actually been playing fairly well this year, but he has allowed seven pressures on true pass sets, the pass sets that matter. Um, Dan Brunskill, 16 pressures, two of which were sacks twice as bad. Um, just from the right guard spot, they like they, they haven't they haven't improved at those places. This this underlying performance is not getting better. Even if Raheem Mostert walked through that door tomorrow and said, "Cool," I don't know that this team is 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 any like that much better that they're going to be able to say like, "Yeah, we're going to make a, a barnstorming run in the playoffs." Right, and and they're making so many mistakes that uh, are are just kind of like in a lot of ways the marks of like bad teams, right? I, I mean. Even the good players and and the guys that like you know not gonna obviously like trash somebody like Debo Samuel who's been amazing but dude leads the league in drops you know by a significant margin he has nine drops already this season the next closest guy is at six and he's got two fumbles on top of that like George Kittle fumbled in this game you know what I mean you're you're getting these I mistakes fumbled. yeah I like it fumbled fumbles um and and it's like. You're getting these sort of mistakes from your best players and playmakers, right? And and they, uh, you know, obviously we've we've made um, a lot of the penalty situation and and all the pass interference penalties that they they get defensively, and, and it just feels like they they always have a number of penalties in these crucial situations um, that are just again kind of hallmarks of bad team. The turnover situation has been really awful, and I think. That's the only thing that I think where there's like an element you could say that they've maybe been uh, unlucky, which is with the fumble stuff. Like their fumble luck has been really bad. Like they've only of all of the fumbles that have hit the ground in their games, whether it was their own fumbles or fumbles that they forced, they've only recovered 25% of them, which is the lowest rate in the league. And, and on defense, that's been really bad. Like they've forced 14 fumbles defensively and have only managed to recover three of those. 
Josh so, Norman's only contribution in this defense. Yeah, and I mean, we saw one in this game, right, where they they got the the fumble and uh, Fred Warner was right there on top of it and just like couldn't secure it and it squirts away and they end up not being able to get the turnover out of it. And, and so that's like one part that is, you could say, is a little bit unlucky, but they've also had some of that go the other way uh, with their quarterback play, right? I mean, they have... Uh, when you look at it, you remove the fumbles from the, the situation there. So you just look at kind of the turnover worthy plays they've had throwing the ball. Um, they have 12 and only six of them have been intercepted, right? So it, things could be worse in, in that regard. So you could say maybe it kind of comes out uh, to something of a wash there. But yeah, I mean, it's tough. Like this team, again, is not talented enough to overcome when you're giving the ball away basically twice a game and you're only taking the ball away once every other game. Like, it's just not going to go well for you. And so you have kind of all of those things that they just continue to show up week after week. And yeah, they're, they're not talented enough to overcome that stuff. And I think, I think to myself, okay, so what did, what did we miss? What did I miss? Because at the beginning of the year, we're talking about the preview and I thought nine wins was about where the team would be. You know, if things break their way, they could get to 10, maybe 11. You know, if things didn't quite break their way, they'd maybe hang around eight wins which would be enough to get in the wild card, I thought. And I mean, th- this is an, an average team at best, I think. And, and I think the the thing that I missed was I overestimated their general talent level based on the, I guess, recency bias of that 2019 Super Bowl. And, you know, thinking about the some of the superstar players, I thought that Jimmy wouldn't be enough to hold them back. He'd be enough to hold steady. And that they'd be able to overcome some of the deficiencies at quarterback. I did not expect that the secondary would be playing with basically replacement level players. I mean, you think of Drake Kirkpatrick, you think of Josh Norman, they were signed off the street. Tavon Wilson signed off the street. Talano Hufanga, my dude, looks the part. He is a high frequency player, vibrates at a higher frequency than most everyone out there. He's fun to watch. And when he blitzes and he gets a hit, that's a lot of fun. But he can't keep up with Christian Kirk. Like when Christian Kirk blows by him, that's not good for Talanoa Hufanga. It's just not. Um, and, and so they just, they don't have the secondary players. You can scheme away pressure. You can, you can make sure that you aren't affected by pressure when you have a lead, especially. Um, and, and the linebackers, you know, just did not, I mean, outside of Fred Warner did not play a good game this game. So it just, I think I overestimated how good, that defense was and maybe underestimated how good Robert Sala was at scheming, you know, and getting things out of that defense overall. Yeah. To me, I I feel like it's been the biggest thing. Well, it really, I I guess two things, but one is, and, and most of all is the offense. Like I, the offense just has, has been considerably worse than I thought was like their floor going into it. Not and that's even assuming like, you know, what has been largely, below average at best quarterback play most of the time, right? Like that was kind of the situation going into it. I don't think that anything Jimmy has done this season has been drastically worse than, you know, his previously established level of play. So um, that part hasn't been there, but I think, yeah, they, they've kind of been, uh, they've been let down. Like we talked about with uh, some of their best players, even making, you know, some mistakes throughout the season. I think, that things just have never really fallen into place from a, a scheme and play calling standpoint. Like this offense right now is 17th in EPA per play. Like I did not think that that was going to be where they, they would be at midway through the season. Like 
I, it, it, they've just kind of shown, right? I mean, this has been what they've they've managed to do since Shanahan's been there for the most part, which is like even if they've got injuries offensively, the quarterback play isn't great. Like they've still been largely a top 10 and a lot of times top five offense in terms of EPA per play. Like they still figure out a way to get it done. And so I, I kind of thought, that was what we would be looking at offensively. And obviously there you, you have some excitement there with the hope that the skill position players could stay healthy and, and you get uh, a decent chunk of the season with Kittle and Debo and Ayuk all out there. And obviously that's uh, kind of, you know, had had some different wrenches in it. But um, I think that's been the number one thing is just, yeah, uh, the, the, the offense hasn't performed to the expect uh, or to the level that I expected them to coming in. And then I think, yeah, it's just really highlighted the lack of depth that they have at key positions, like the secondary depth and and reliant, like not bringing any sort of reinforcements in there that you could feel confident in when you're relying on really three guys in that starting uh, secondary going in, right? Ward, Tart, and Verrett, all with significant injury histories. And you just don't have anyone behind them that is reliable and that you and you don't really do much um, right to bring in guys there. The draft picks that you did try to take to to add bodies there, they're nowhere to be found. And, and so I think that's, that's like so, the big thing. It's so surprising. Jake Hutchison on Twitter, he's a, a reporter for KNBR who's covering the Niners. I don't know if he's covered them before, but he's definitely covering them this year. And, you know, good follow on Twitter, I would say. He, he tweets out some good stuff. But uh, he said that Shanahan said, that the plan with Ambry Thomas and Diamador Lenore was to not bring them in to start just for depth behind Mosley Williams and Verrett and said that they weren't ready. Quote, unfortunately, they weren't totally ready for it. Third round pick, fifth round pick, and they weren't. There are, there are two things that really strike me about that comment. One, you, you sign them not to start, but for depth. I feel like that's kind of a problem in process already like if you're gonna especially the third rounder right the fifth rounder i kind of get like you're expecting maybe just like some depth right if if you if you hit um but that third rounder that's like borderline area where you're like you kind of need a starter and and you should be getting a starter because you know the injury history of these players that are in front of them it's like you're like i probably really need a starter because there's no there's no saying how long his knee or his ankle or his leg or ligament is going to hold up but even if that is the case, even if you're just like, they're just going to be brought in for depth, guess what a depth player does when the person ahead of them doesn't play? They come in and play. <laughs> yeah, that is, that is the literal definition of a depth player. And it's like, it, I don't know, it, it's just, it's bonkers to me that, that that was, that you missed on both accounts. Like you, you had two at-bats and on both you swung and you completely missed. And this isn't a Lynch issue. This isn't a Shanahan issue. The, the amount of process and input it takes to get to a draft pick, it's not just John Lynch saying, I like this guy, and saying, hey, Shanahan, can I draft him? There is an entire process from a national scouting service to the area scouts to the cross-check to getting into a positional ranking to getting into the final draft board and then getting drafted. That is an organizational process. It's not just Lynch or Shanahan that's not necessarily making these picks well. It is Adam Peters. It is a structure that Martin Mayhew put in there. It is their director of college scouting. Like these are just swings and misses all around. And, and it's some combination of misstructurally and organizationally, missing the scouting service, or maybe the player is fine 
and it's the way that they're, you know, the way that they're coached. But I don't think that you put this all in coaching. I think that there are just some bad picks here. Aaron Banks, chief among them, because, I mean, we all kind of knew that wasn't a great one from the get-go. And I even tried to rationalize it, but... Not all um, of us. Yeah, well, not everyone. Um, but, <laughs> not the 49ers, apparently. Um, but yeah, but it's it's just, it's those those are the things where you're getting no contributions from draft picks, and that's how you end up where you're at. Yeah, I, I mean, it's just, it's really tough when you've had um, the lack of draft success that they've had, too. Because, uh, again, like, and it and it sucks, and, and I don't want to, like, necessarily say this just to, to, like, toot our own horn from stuff that we've been saying since early in this regime, but, like, this is why. Like, the reason that we were, were getting upset, or maybe it was just me getting upset, but us, we were calling out, uh, you know, some of these poor decisions that they made early on is, like, eventually those are going to catch up with you, right? Like even if you find some good players here and there, and we know they started with a few good players, like, and and you got to pay all those guys and this stuff ultimately starts mattering, right? You can't live in that world where you just have a hundred million in cap space every single off season going into it. uh, And and you can just kind of do whatever you want and make whatever mistakes you want. And it's all going to be fine. Like eventually you start to, to, you do find some good players there. Hopefully if you're going to have a, you know, this regime has stuck around as long as it's been able to, like you've got to find some guys there. You're going to end up needing to pay those guys and you need to be able to supplement that kind of increase in the top end of your salary cap with cheap players on rookie deals that can come in and contribute and you need to have that draft success and and nobody is able to do it right every single draft and and have just like a home run class right every year but you got to find guys and and this has just been a process uh that that has been problematic from the get-go and and it's just like they haven't been able to bring guys in a lot of their decisions in terms of what they have shown that they value from a roster building standpoint have been questionable and and now we're we're seeing what that looks like like they got lucky one year when everything came together they had a good run of health they had a lot of balls bounce their way and and got some of the breaks and and you get a super bowl run with that right and and that happens sometimes we see teams kind of put that package together for for a season um and and get there and have some success right but in order to sustain that you need those good processes there backing it up. And, and we just haven't seen it, right? And, and I think the roster and its state right now um, is is kind of showing that it's top heavy. There are some very good players on this team, right? Um, but the depth and, and just the quality around those star players uh, is not there. And you can't win like that. I will say the only thing, and, and we'll, we'll end here on this, um, didn't intend to be, but remarkably depressing podcast, um, is that I think that, I, and I'll see if I can find the article, I'll post it in the Discord for, for the, the Patreon folks, or, or maybe I'll tweet it out, but um, talking about how long it takes teams to emerge from their bad draft decisions, and it's usually three, four years. Um, and, and I wouldn't say that the decision, like that, that clock for me starts like, this year <laughs> i think there you know you look at picks like solomon thomas you look at the, the those kinds of picks the reuben foster pick for example i mean they were in the super bowl um you know a couple of years after making that pick and and so there there are ways to overcome those draft mistakes if you can start actually hitting or replenishing your roster with actual talent and so like every, every day is a new day to get a good player um and and hopefully they can start doing that next year, especially when they're going to be having a rookie quarterback on a rookie salary. They're not going to be paying Jimmy Garoppolo and they've got more space to do some stuff. So 
That's that's at least at least there is a path to getting out uh, from under bad draft decisions. Presuming, of course, you don't continue to make terrible draft decisions and you know load up on another three, uh, three or four, three techniques at the the top of the draft because you just gotta you gotta, gotta get to that quarterback. You gotta, you gotta get to that quarterback. You gotta get to that quarterback in four seconds, David. Even though the quarterback gets it out in two and a half, in case they hold on to it for four seconds, you gotta win. You gotta win. Um, what do you want to do with the, the Patreon video on this week? I don't know. <laughs> give us another give us suggestions. Another you, sport. Yeah, it's uh, gonna. You guys are gonna load up the Patreon video, and it's just gonna be a bunch of Chelsea soccer um, or <laughs> the uh, the women's. You know what? Let's do um, the UT women's soccer team. They made it to the Big Twelve championship. Lost ah, to TCU. They, they lost. Yeah, so. I know they lost to TCU. Um, and and yeah, that's uh, that's not great, but. Yeah, maybe we'll do some of that. Maybe we'll do, you know what we'll do? Well, maybe we'll do some Warriors. Uh, we'll do some Warriors cut-ups. Um, that would be fun. They're they're good again. They're good again. Like, like yeah, really good. I, I need to. I need to watch. See, I need to watch more things like basketball that can be fun and less 49ers football. Well, uh, let's, uh, you know, last fun. season we rebranded uh, as the Chelsea podcast. And this year, maybe we'll rebrand as the, the Warriors podcast, I think. Uh, that would be a lot of fun this year. We can just say bang all the time. It'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. I'm, I'm down for anything. Awesome. All right. Well, uh, if you got ideas for things you want to see in the video, uh, send us a note on the Patreon Discord. If you don't know what that is, David, tell them about the Patreon. Patreon.com slash bad arrivals. Just do it. I don't have the long spiel on me this week. Just go there. <laughs> we desperately need a beer. I, that's that's I, my pitch this week. Not the not all the hot content that we're bringing you. Not all the time that we're spending developing that quality content for you to watch or listen to. We need beer. You know? Yeah. The holiday no, you know season what? is upon us. David, uh, you don't need beer. You need eggnog. I need you eggnog. Need eggnog. I, I, need I got booze. you some of that sweet, sweet eggnog from Trader Joe's. You yeah, were... You and you know what? It's because I love you, buddy. I just wanted you... I, needed, I knew you were going to need some sustenance over these trying times and so i thought you know what let me get you this uh, this how many more weeks of this season i don't know uh but i didn't buy that much eggnog <laughs> we're gonna need reinforcements so again how are we getting those reinforcements patreon.com slash better that's right let me know what you want to see on the patreon video uh on the twitters or on the discord thanks as always for tuning in and equally as always go niners yeah.